everybody, and welcome to the seventh MCU movie of Gays My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? Damn it, that's not what I want to say. Here, okay, wait a second. Oh, this is still going to be in there. This is what I want to say. Honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. Who's with me tonight? There we go. Oh, man. I like that one. I thought about using it. <laughs> I am a cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner, Michael K. Hughes. And I am too bored to care. Bill Tucker. Did I even say my name? I don't know. Everyone knows who you are. Yeah, we know should at this point. Yeah, I'm jumping in on Iron Man three of the MCU for games on Mom found. What are you, what are you doing with your life? Man. Probably because you want to hear people complain about it. That's my. <laughs> yeah. Why well, am Mike Elberton? In case I forgot to say, because I can't remember now. Mm. I might have said it. Who knows? All right. Well, I'll introduce what we're talking about. Well, we're going to be talking about Iron Man three because that's where we're at in this in our in our MCU uh, uh, quest. We're here. <laughs> our journey. journey okay journey sounds better more of a journey than a quest because we're not there's nothing we're trying to solve other than me making a making a podcast show and and wanting to do this (laughs) fine all right so we're here to talk about iron man 3 first thing i do want to say is i'm assuming well this is your first time seeing it right bill yeah this is my first time never never caught it in theaters yeah first time around my condolences (laughs) Uh, and i know me and mike have been I mean, I have bashed this movie on air, off air for years. I have hated this movie ever since I first saw it in theaters. I, so how about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I saw it in theaters. I think that's the only time I had seen it until this viewing. Like, I remember bits and pieces of it, and I think I just kind of blocked out the rest of it. All right. And we, I'm going to say something to make it lose all our listeners real fast. <laughs> well, two things I want to say. One, I want to say, if you like this show, do us a favor and tell people you like this show. Let someone know. Tweet Facebook. It helps us out a ton. Second thing, now that, now that everyone's, you know, everyone's still here, I actually like this movie more than Avengers. Uh, I'm not kidding. I actually had more fun watching this than I did two weeks ago. Or two weeks ago, we watched Avengers. That's interesting. I, <laughs> that's that's not I, I think I suddenly have other stuff to do today. Look, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you're allowed to like things. You're allowed to have opinions. Um, I won't steal your joy. This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was expecting train wreck, disaster, dumpster fire, throw throw things out the window. What I got was a competently made movie with baffling decisions made by people who just didn't get it. That's There's where I came away from. A couple big issues in this movie that didn't affect me this time. We'll kind of as we as we okay. get into it, we'll talk about it. One, I should say this did come out in 2013 because I forgot to mention that, and it was directed by Shane Black, which I don't really know any of his work. He's he's done stuff. Um, he, his, his directorial debut was, um, I think it was 2005. I pulled it up, uh, with, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was a, a critical Good darling movie. starring, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. And it's fine. And then he went on to do Nice Guys, which people liked in 2016. And then he did the Predator, uh, remake, which, which I, I never I, saw, but I mean, I think that one is liked a lot though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't know how well it's regarded. Um, so he's done work. Maybe not. Evidently, he has an authorial <laughs> style. Everything's set during Christmas. He likes that for some reason, which is a huge theme here. Snow is is present. I don't think he gets it. There's a couple things here. I'll let I'll let um you know Michael uh, jump on that as well. But number one, I I it's hard when you're the same writer and director, right? Joss Whedon wrote and directed the Avengers, but he has an authorial style. He has a thing that you either like or you don't like. That's just what it is. Uh, Shane Black also wrote and directed this as well. Um, and when you do that, you lose objectivity. You have a hard time deciding if jokes don't work, which very few do here. You have a hard time 
making harder time making those decisions because it's your words, it's your source material, it's your pet project. And I, I, I don't think he quite understood what made Iron Man so fun and interesting to begin with. The idea was good. A Iron Man who is, you know, not getting up there, but stripping him down to nothing is, I think, pretty interesting. This is not an Iron Man movie, friends. This is a Tony Stark movie. Yes. That's why I didn't like it in 2013. Of course. And and now that, but see, now we've been colored by the, we've been colored by the the entire MCU we've seen. So we've had to see what's in the future. I can see um, getting into the theater, you know, in 2013, watching this and being like, why, why am I watching Tony Stark drag an Iron Man suit through the snow in the middle of Tennessee? Like, why are we doing this? So in retrospect, I think you can enjoy this more. I still don't, I still think, again, it's competently made, but it doesn't work. And he makes some horrendous decisions, which of course we will get to. I don't want to get to the biggie until we get there. Um, no. Cause we'll probably spend 10 <laughs> minutes on it. Um, Michael, what, what was your, where'd you uh, land uh, on? I would put this on par with Incredible Hulk where it doesn't feel like an MCU movie. Like you could take this out and nothing would change. Even the very end with Tony taking the uh, the arc reactor out, like they, they kind of double back on that where it seems like he still has them, at least in some form in the later movies. Like this movie doesn't add or take away anything from the MCU. It's just kind of it's just kind of there. It's treated like the last Iron Man movie, but I don't. But they also I feel like they didn't. But at this point, you had the phases in place. Like every, all the plan was in place. Like it's not like they didn't right. know Tony Stark would be back in a couple of movies doing Tony, you know, Iron Man stuff. So it was kind of a weird decision. Um, we'll get to that ending as well. But um, I, mean, I also I, think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. For the easy way to put it is it feels like the end of a trilogy, right. but not yes. a continuation of a cinematic universe. Yes, that's exactly great point. Yes, it felt like that's, the end of a trilogy, and that even the very end, you have all like the the glamour shots of of Tony throughout the last three movies. It definitely feels like the end of a trilogy, which is fine, and that's fine. But again, you also know that he's coming back, and even if you're in 2013, you already knew we were in phase two. This was all none of this was. We, they had already announced Avengers: yeah. Age of Ultron. They announced everything <laughs> at this point already. Right. So it almost feels like it was written at a time when he didn't know. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But it was. Yeah. And also you have the the really difficult problem of being the movie after the Avengers. That's not good. I mean, the Avengers was a worldwide phenomenon. I was actually looking at the gross box office. I won't get them right. But the first Iron Man made about 500 million off a 140 million budget. The second one made around 650. This one made 1.2 billion dollars. Billion with a B. Why? Because the Avengers was a worldwide phenomenon. The first Marvel movies were still kind of niche. You had to be into that stuff and comic book movies to begin with. To check it out. After the Avengers and the accessibility of it and the lightness of it the world caught caught fire on it this movie made up 1.2 billion dollars so um yeah but also again you're, you're following that and again as much as y'all didn't like it the second time or at this time around it, it was landmark and again i still loved it and this is nowhere <laughs> near the quality of that this feels like an old school marvel movie you said it right it is it feels yeah. like something from the um you know incredible hulk era or something from that early era it feels like a holdover then again, it makes ridiculous decisions that we will get into. His death. <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange. I mean, I, I, 
I liked it a lot more than I expected. I mean, I came in. I think I've also helped. I came in with no expectations, so that <laughs> that helped. It helped. Was yeah, this your? I came in. Yeah. with super high expectations, and I am like sad. You saw this in theaters, right? I can't. Yeah. Yes, I saw it in theaters in 2013. Was kind of upset, and then I saw it one other time. I think, but I could be wrong. Like the same. I would have saw it maybe the following year or two years later when Age of Ultron was about to come out, but I can't remember. It's just one of those. I might have skipped it. I, I don't remember because I know when Age Ultron came out, I went through all the movies up to Age Ultron. But this is the worst. This was to me at the time the worst one of the series. So I might have skipped it. It is not the worst one in the series anymore to me. But I think it's time that we dig into this movie. Let's do it. Um, like this movie also kind of starts off like it starts off in 1999, which is years before Iron Man one. And I think when I first saw it, I didn't realize how much of an impact this this opening really has for the rest of this movie. Like, in, you know, in setting up the blocks Like you have a you have a couple of cameo. You have a cameo. Of Dr. Yinsen shows up that doesn't really. I mean, it's, it's amusing because I, I want to say Iron Man one. He does make the comments like we met once before mm-hmm. and he doesn't remember it. Which fits. I mean, Tony in the, in the beginning, um, a lot of this movie, Tony Stark is being an asshole. Tony Stark, which I is Tony Stark. I don't care for. No, he's he's an absolute dick in a lot of this movie. Yes, I didn't like that. He wasn't charming, quippy. He was a complete ass. Oh yeah, Not, like. But anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're, I, good. I, no. <laughs> you're fine. I mean, it's 100 true. Like he's just an ass. Like the whole beginning part, especially in 1999. I mean everything's an ass like he's at the party he's being an ass he's just trying to sleep with maya the whole time like that's all his own concerns even though she's very intelligent and she's working on something fantastic all he cares about is getting in her pants and then you have where all just killing even shows up in this party which means nothing to you but i did like it his shirt says aim <laughs> and for those that don't know aim is a marvel group that's one of like the villain groups like hydra or something okay there, but and he tells him to go wait on the roof and that plays such a big part where he's like hey i'll meet you in 20 minutes but then he never shows and he completely forgets the guy even existed yeah i mean so there's a couple things in the open first thing to get very very open it opens with a voiceover um on oh, black yeah. screen with the iron man suits blowing up that's always a pet peeve and this is might be just a, a personal pet peeve i don't like when you just get voice over back black background at the beginning of a movie it's it's just annoying because it's such a crutch it's just an easy crush to try to build some tension and suspense um, in writing. That's a, a big thing where, you know, again, depending on your point of view, you never want to open with a quote because if you're reading a story or a novel, you have no idea who's saying it. You don't know where that person is. It, it's a contextless just opening. And the intention is to build this suspense. But for me, it always reeks of like, really, it's kind of hack. It's kind of hacky beginning and the blowing up suits create some foreshadowing. But again, for me, so, all right, we get it. We're going to it's just you're trying to create this thing. And then the party itself, it opens with with a horrendous Eiffel 65 or 64 song, 65, 65, that Eiffel 65 blue, which immediately made me angry because that is that song is <laughs> so bad. That song is like ear razor blades. It is horrendous, but it is the late 90s. So I guess that's what that is. I didn't realize it was the late 90s until nope, 1999. Well, I didn't realize it until they mentioned it like, oh, you know, Y2K, because they don't flash that on the screen I at all. I thought they flashed it. I Do they? I, I might have missed it while I was writing notes then. OK. Yeah, I'm I missed sure it. it flashed right in the beginning. So I'm, I'm sitting there going, and my wife is like, why is he like not with Pepper? And why is he, you know, being a real super dick? And hey, there's the dead guy from Iron Man 1. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? It just confused me. But then I realized it was New Year's Eve and I felt like a silly goose. So um, if they didn't flash it, then I think that song is supposed to like 
instantly date it for some reason. Like they just expect you to know but, that it's in the late nineties. But they're always doing that with their ACDC <laughs> and yeah, their like throwbacks to fair. old movies. I didn't realize. I swear to you, I had no idea. I'm like, what is going on? And then, of course, I realized, oh, this is all right. This is way back. Okay. The reveal of the, of the weird guy. Um, gosh, what was his name? Dang it. Killian. Uh, Killian. Killian. Yeah. The 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 reveal of Killian. As soon as you see him, you're like, okay, so you're gonna be the bad guy. You're gonna oh, be the villain. I got something funny to say. For the whole movie, I thought that was Val Kilmer until the very yeah. end. That <laughs> really looks like it. I thought the same. Okay, time. so it wasn't just me. I'm like, I even told her, oh, that's Val Kilmer. She's like, it don't look like him. But I'm like, it is. I'm like, oh, that's it's not funny. him. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I, I, I knew the actor. I just couldn't place where else he's been. But he's done. I, I know, I know Guy Pierce. He's in uh, Memento. I've seen other movies. I don't. Oh, yeah, but I just, I was I under the impression. <laughs> yeah, Guy Pierce. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's been everywhere. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's a decent beginning though. It sets it all up. It kind of sets up the, you know, um, what we're going to be experiencing for the rest. It's fine. Yeah, some cameos. You know, again, him just being a dick. But back in those days, he was. And clearly he still is, especially when talking to children. Would you please <sighs> relax? All right. Anyway, we'll get there. No, that we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but it, it, it I mean, I don't know. And, and like the whole thing, like the plant exploding, which is kind of like it's off. It's off camera almost like they show it real quick. But none of the characters are paying attention to it. That was kind of like it, it's such a foreshadowing what's coming. I mean, I know extremists from the comics. Like I knew it was a comic storyline. So I was a little bit more like, OK, I know where they're going, sort of. But yeah, I, I was fine. I, that was OK. It was kind of cool. You know, the regenerating, you know, plant, you know, again, some great foreshadowing, you know, him being sleazy with a uh, with another lady. Yeah, it's kind of standard, standard Tony Stark stuff. We're not learning anything new. We're just kind of getting some backstory as to, you know, essentially what's going to happen. It was fine. And yeah, I did have a big smile on my face when they show the hollow armor when they jump back to present time, because I I I I'm a huge Iron Man fan. It went away for a while and it, it's I realize it's still there. Like, I love seeing the Hall of Arm when you see all the different suits he makes. And again, we re- we realize real quick later on in the movie that it's only a small sample of what he was doing during all this time. Because it's those get blown up pretty quickly. And none of that matters. It's like the Hall of Spider-Man suits in Spider-Verse last month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool. Indeed. And it, it just and then like the new the new suit, like when you have that whole part with him injecting himself with whatever the hell he's putting in him and you have the suit kind of coming together like that was cool to me. It's not as cool as where we get to later on. But I do like the fact that it keeps every movie with Iron Man. They always find a way to enhance the suit and keep making mm-hmm. it something different, which I appreciate more now that I've seen the end of this of the phase three. Yeah, it was neat. It was a cool little visual scene. Um it was kind of fun to have it not work great at first, which was very fun. <laughs> um, also, just back real quick to Killian, I thought that scene on the roof was extremely sad. Like I got, I was like, oh my god, that's like. I mean, I knew you knew it was coming as Susie said, "I'll be up there in five minutes." Yeah, I knew he wasn't gonna. But just seeing him there up there, shivering in December thirty first in Sweden on a rooftop was really sad. My wife even said, "Wow, that's that's really sad." Which the problem with that is. It's again, it's 1999. It's who he was. But now in my brain, my brain says, well, Tony's a dick. Like, <laughs> and now all the goodwill that I had for him is starting to melt away a bit, even though I know he's changed in the previous, you know, next 13 years, whatever it is. So again, it was, it was fine. I mean, it was a good setup. And um, yeah, the hall of the hall of Iron Man suits, super fun. I didn't get it. I was like, oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> cool. Okay. I figured he was making more. I, I'm sure he wasn't satisfied with Mark 
five or whatever it was last time around. Yeah, I I do like one of the jokes is in this movie later on where she's like, which mark is that? Like Mark eight? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's Mark 46 on the side of the armor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that made me laugh. Like I I actually chuckled more at this movie than Avengers. Oh. <laughs> it's OK. You're, again, it's OK. Don't I apologize. Just, I'm apologizing to myself because my I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a different thing if you're just uh, trying to like get over it <laughs> and understand like, what happened here like how what how did avengers go from my favorite movie of all time to kind of like eh, i don't understand okay enough of that um but i i i forgot how epic or maybe not epic is the right word but how like terrifying they make the mandarin like when you first see him on tv and again this brings back just dark night memories of people watching tv and just how powerful that whole propaganda film is with with the mandarin and the 10 rings and like it, it I feel I can't remember where we were as a country in 2013 or if the USA was still very much. I mean, we were probably still hunting bin Laden, I think. So there, you still had that whole it fit that mindset, I feel like. Yeah, I don't I think I can't I can do it quick. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So he asked me to figure <laughs> out what I did in 2013. Yeah, I mean, it's just like but it, I mean, it, that's something I whenever we're watching the older movies that end up dealing with the Middle East like that. And they it makes me it makes me kind of like I try to remember where we were at as a country, because I know that plays such a big part in, in some in some movies at that time. So I was, that's a, the thing I like to kind of think about. Yeah, it was pretty timely. He uh, Bin Laden died in 2011. So oh, I figured so this was written. Those figures was written probably at least a year before it was shot. Yeah, it was probably time. It was timely. There was a lot of you okay. know terrorist panic going on at the time. And, you know, yeah. yeah. We weren't quite over that just yet. Because it, um, it fits that theme. Like, they do a good job with the videos that you're watching to make it look pretty, like, terrifying in, in a sense of what they're going for. They make the Mandarin this, like, big-ass villain who's... In, in the comics, the Mandarin is a guy who has magic rings, magic ring fingers, and is an, uses alien technology, which I prefer. But in this... So I think that was one thing that was, I know hard for me when I first saw this, is that the Mandarin, this is a terrorist leader, not a mystical figure with rings. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> did they even mention the Ten Rings? Because you yes. guys keep men- they did. Okay, I didn't. I mentioned the Ten Rings yeah. multiple times. The poster in the background is the Ten Rings. Um, there's okay. also a shirt we will mention at the end of this episode that brings up the Ten Rings again. But yeah, I mean, it. it and that's why again, it feels like such an ending to a trilogy because it's a, bringing the Ten Rings back from Iron Man One. You're kind of wrapping up a trilogy, you know, where the second movie doesn't have anything to do with that plot. But you say anything kind of like with Batman, in, with the Batman Dark Knight trilogy, where you you circle back again. Gotcha. So, so what did you think of those uh, those things, Michael? Oh, man. <laughs> Swear to you, where do you even start with this movie? Like. Man, I hurt you, didn't I? <laughs> Funny you, you mentioned uh, Batman, the Nolan trilogy. I was just thinking about that with the Mandarin and being just a guy, essentially. is what they did with all the supervillains in that. It's like no one has any superpowers. Everyone is just, just a normal person. It's like yeah. you're kind of taking away what makes those – characters really cool like uh god who the hell are the villains in those movies like scarecrow well, no damn that's about scarecrow is the yeah. first movie and cool. yeah like i guess all those characters are just kind of people anyway with their gadgets but there are no actual super villains it's like no one has powers in that and then they took them away from mandarin and this is i don't know it seems kind of lame it, it's it bothered it, yeah. me back yeah. then did not bother me this time Interesting. Yeah, I, I I wrote in my notes. Mandarin in this just looked like evil McEvilson. 
he was just just evil man, evil man with the beard. And here comes brown man, who's who's scary brown man. I mean, I, I, I thought it was neat. I, again, I, I had mixed feelings about it because it was it was kind of cool to have this unstoppable quote unquote villain, um, especially when you discover you know how he's been unstoppable and yeah, you know, all that sort of thing. But um, it was kind of neat. I thought it, he he was menacing for sure. I definitely was kind of like, ooh, this guy's this guy means business. This guy's not joking around. I mean, that's partly because Ben Kingsley is an amazing actor. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that too. The man's been knighted, so I don't know. Let's let's I'll get there too when we when we get to the big <laughs> reveal. Like I said, we're gonna spend ten minutes on that. Easy. Um, but yeah, it's okay. I, I was I had mixed feelings about. It. I was watching it. And I'm like, okay, as we have atrocities, you're claiming responsibility for the Native Americans. Oh, okay, you're blaming us for things. All right, okay, great, we got it. Yes, we get it. America sucks. Understand, <laughs> but again, that's also might be a symptom of you know being separated from it for seven years. You know, again, all the the native, uh, native geez, all the uh, Middle Eastern panic, you know, and uh, terrorists and, and all that sort of thing. We're kind of removed from that now. Our terrorists yeah. are you know are in office. <laughs> waka waka, <laughs> we'll turn this off. <laughs> I mean that that there is a well there is a joke to that in this movie too so it's it's there it is. the movie sure does that's all our short I mean also we're not I mean now we're not scared of the Middle East now we're just scared of things you can't see so you know, yes. life has changed too Indeed. as of this we're recording this in May of 2020 so that way yeah. that joke makes sense depending on where we're at when I release this <laughs> but okay I mean one of my one thing that did bug me in this movie which is a reference to the comic when they first when they bring War Machine in but he's not War Machine at all in this movie he's Iron Patriot now they took the yeah, same dumb. thing. But it is from the comics, and it does fit oh, it? where this goes. Like, oh, but okay. I, it wasn't. What, what, it wasn't Rhodey. It's Rhodey. Yeah, not in the end. But like, it, 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 I didn't completely care for it. Like, I, I again, I'm never big. Like, they paint him red, white, and blue to fit because he now he's, you know, he. But like, it's just stupid. Like, okay, I, War Machine's fine. Just make him gray. Like, he doesn't need to be red, white, and blue. Yeah, Iron Patriot it, was Norman Osborn when he sets up the Dark Avengers. So it's like like an evil yeah. take on the Avengers. So it doesn't even fit the context here. Not really. I mean, the only part that fits it is the fact that something later on, you have someone else in the suit. Yeah, but that's fair. There is somebody else in the suit. I, I, I So is that, I see, again, me not knowing anything about comic books. So in, in the comic books, he's designed to be like evil war machine is that kind of what the, the deal with that is he's like evil, an evil iron, iron man. man yeah evil iron man okay so there you go see so it gets me it does make sense where this goes um i just when again watching it i'm like oh, okay they just painted war machine because propaganda Great. yeah i mean that that's how Which it fits in this probably movie. what yeah yeah it just feels like someone saw a red white and blue iron man they're like oh we should we should use that yeah I mean, it probably fits the time more than I can remember, because I bet you at this time it that was a big thing. But I, I can't remember. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's fine. These are all little quibbles for me. It was fine to get the uh, you know, Rhodes in there because Rhodes was in there originally, right? Or no? In Iron Patriot? Yes. Originally, he's in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, cool. He had me forgetting for a second. But yeah, he, he's in there for the most part of this movie until they burn him out way later, which is stupid, too. But we'll get there. <laughs> um. I want to say, oh, then it's shortly after this is when he goes to a bar and you just have more dumb shit. I mean, there, I, I like this movie, but there's some dumb stuff in the beginning in this movie. Like, it doesn't... I can't even remember what the hell they're doing in a bar, but I want to say this is where, like, he kind of starts to show you that Tony has PTSD. Like, someone asked him to sign a picture, and he kind of starts to freak out when he talks about New York. Now, when I when I saw this back in 2013, it bothered me. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. After going through the shit I have in the seven years since this movie, I'm like, yep, that's realistic. So oh, That's interesting, because, uh, you know, a red... Uh, have him having anxiety attacks is fine. Again, I get it. And it makes sense. But the one thing I did notice where Rhodey's like, 
no, there's been like nine bombings. I'm thinking like, how did you hide the other six? Like, what? wait, you can't hide a bombing. It's an explosion, my friend. I'm sure they weren't little firecrackers in the middle of the street. How do you hide six more bombings? But anyway, um, I mean, I, yeah. I didn't. I mean, it's the government, so I didn't. I mean, hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. That didn't bother me, but like the yeah. whole like the whole like the movie where he's suffering PTSD or even just mentioning certain things, I thought that was so stupid. And now I understand. Like recently in my own life, I went back to an area where I, where I used to know my ex girlfriend and being in that area, and I'm like, nope, 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 not okay. Let's go home. Like it, it I can understand where he's coming from. I mean, my my PTSD is a lot. No, I mean, nothing like what he went through. I just had a toxic ex girlfriend, not where aliens are trying to kill me or anything. <laughs> but I understand. Like it, it, I can I can understand now where they're going with. Like it makes sense. Like it didn't. I wasn't like, well, this is this is just stupid. Like, I'm like, no, I'm educated now because I unfortunately understand. Yeah, interesting perspective for sure. Yeah, I I thought it was fine. I thought it was interesting. It's character development. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Cool. It's also realistic yeah. too. I mean, because like this whole movie is talking about you know veterans from the from the army, so it kind of all fits in that same theme of PTSD and what they go through and why they sign up for what they do in this movie. So I was. You know, that, that's kind of how I took it, too. Like, it, it all connects. Like you said, character building, and it all just connects in the movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and it's a way to tie it into the last movie, too. Yeah, which it works. I mean, I, I think he would. I think Shane Black would have done better if he didn't have to tie into an old movie. He could have just, mm-hmm. you know, made, you know, just copied off of Iron Man 2 and didn't have to tie in the Avengers. I think he would have done better. Or he just that's what it felt like to me. It felt like he wasn't the kind of guy to come in and be the next guy to put in the next chain into this, into this, you know, gigantic... 1821 movie set oh like the spider-man movies kind of like yes <laughs> yeah just just completely disengaged i mean he had to he had no choice come on now some a studio head from marvel you know kind of knocked on his door and said hey you need at least four tie-ins don't vengers and then close the door <laughs> shane blackman okay yeah no i i don't i don't hold the counters i mean i i understand no, i just yeah it's fine and it's fine i think it works pretty good yeah i think i'm i like it you said i like it so much more this time <laughs> And I, I did not like the Pepper and Killian stuff. Like when she when Killian goes to meet him, meet Pepper, because now she's the CEO of Stark Enterprise and he's all good looking now. And she remembers him when he was ugly and had, you know, and I was like, eh, I mean, I, I didn't care for any of that. I mean, it worked for the movie. And then he kisses her at the end. I'm like, eh, is that really like, eh? I mean, I, I haven't been any bored. I mean, but I don't think you're going to go up to a CEO and kiss her on the cheek. I mean, I just don't think that's going to happen. And that was gross. It wasn't fun at all. It fit the character, I guess, because he's an asshole. But well, I again, mean, yeah if you get if you're trying to telegraph he's he's a bad guy he's sure dude and he is really as we all know he's really the only bad guy so he's spoilers. well yeah yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> don't watch this in segments <laughs> anybody, who's, then, anybody uh, who listens to this show knows by now we spoil stuff that's the way we, we, we always spoiling everything yeah it, it, it's okay he actually guy pierce actually plays a pretty decent villain i think again very handsome debonair him kissing her on the on the cheek was really gross um i liked his power marbles those were neat. <laughs> you can see his brain stem. Yeah, I, I like that. I just, the kiss just bothered me because it felt like, it, he, yes, he's an asshole. Yes, he's a villain. But did he, I don't know, it just bothered me. <laughs> so. And then she runs away like she's all hot and bothered. Like, I need a second to get my, put my face yeah, on. That... Which was weird. Again. She's like, character. I think this guy was Batman once. <laughs> <laughs> i did i really did i was even i even almost made that joke to my wife like hey he played batman no no he didn't that's funny oh, oh my god i can't believe i went through that entire movie until the end thinking that was the wrong guy 
It happens. Uh, it shouldn't like, happen. It did, yes. So, yeah. uh, and then, like, the part with Hogan, where Hogan's now in charge security, and, like, that whole thing where he's telling Tony, oh, the, he, oh, he, I don't like this guy, and all that. I was like, eh. It just, it annoyed me. The forehead <laughs> of security. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. kind of, what we, I'm oh, sorry, I, I got, I got lost into the thoughts of Batman. Um, are you talking about, <laughs> talking about Happy as a, as a security head? Yeah. 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 I actually thought that was kind of charming. It was, I had my, my brain kept going, dude. Dude, just relax. Stop it. You're annoying. You're extremely annoying. You're annoying to the to the viewers too, to the audience. But then it was kind of kind of cute. He kept tapping his badge to people, including the uh, the big bad for the for whoever his name is, um, his bodyguard, Killian's bodyguard. That was funny. Yeah, I, I thought that was that. fun. That was fun. That was, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's nice to give Happy more of a role, although it's gotta hurt for John Favreau going from director to just. <laughs> Like a bit part, more or less. He gets laid yeah. out for half the movie. Yeah, he, he, he one <laughs> thing happens and then he's gone for the rest. Why didn't he direct this? Does anyone know? Yeah, no, I never even thought about it until we, it just kind of came up just now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't because, you know, obviously he did the first and the second. Just keep on rolling with the third. I mean, he, you, he gets the character. He gets the timing. He gets the framing. He gets what made it work and made it tick. And to have somebody else come in who doesn't quite understand all that is so hard. And Shay, I think Shane Black was just put in a bad situation. He's probably a fine director. Um, oof, just a bad situation. Marvel movie after Avengers, third part of a beloved trilogy, writing it himself. Yeah. Yeah. I got an article. It says why John Favreau decided not to direct Iron Man 2. He was directing a movie called Magic Kingdom that he went for instead of this. Oh, great. We all heard of that one. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what? Magic At least now we know why. Yeah. At least we know why. So you chose to direct something else. Yeah, that's fine. It's not surprising. Marvel movies a are a lot of, of Marvel movies are a lot of pressure. You know, I can't imagine having that much pressure on you to direct. Yeah, like yeah. a, a tentpole movie in a Marvel franchise. Like that's that's got to be a lot. So eh, fine. Magic Kingdom. And Iron Man Two was not regarded as great, so it, it, I'm not surprised either. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. He said he had a good roll, run, and he wishes them the best. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Now we have an answer. Uh, I don't think Magic Kingdom came out either. What? What? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. So he uh, went and did a movie that never got released? Fuck <laughs> like... Iron Man 3. According to IMDb. <laughs> I shouldn't be hmm. looking okay. at this. All right. Anyway, we'll, we'll return return back to. Yeah, but. I mean, and OK, the, the part where like when when Pepper comes home and you have him dressed him in quotation dressed up in the armor and he's given her the back rub and everything. Now that. To me, you cut out that that part like you don't need that. I mean, I understand kind of like character development, but it was just stupid where she realizes it's just the armor and he's downstairs. She's like, this is a new low for you. And I'm just like, was that necessary? <laughs> like, I, I, I thought it was good. I actually I actually didn't mind that. I thought it was um, kind of reestablishing a relationship, kind of reminding us where they are in that relationship. Also reminding us, you know, when she goes downstairs and sees him, um, you know, fiddling about, you know, remote controlling the Iron Man suit, which again, very funny. <laughs> kind of reminding they're probably a little, they're probably later on in their relationship where it's not where they are obviously later on in this well actually i think this scene uh when it all goes to hell no actually that's later them bickering again that's showing you know hey we're this is a, a relationship that's now kind of grown past the honeymoon stage which is neat i like that yeah you you ate dinner without me you know her yeah, just being completely okay. turned off and going to bed i thought it was fine i thought it was fun i i got a kick out of it you know the giant rabbit was kind of lame <laughs> was but dumb. it was pretty but, dumb yeah 
But yeah, yeah, it all kind of fits, you know, what they're doing. So I, I dug it. Okay. And then like like the part when he has a nightmare, which I I know when I would have saw this back in the day, it would have kind of irritated me. I mean, I know that now being older, that is a very thing with PTSD is that you're going to ha- that people have nightmares and things. So it, it makes more sense that you have a character who's suffering what happens in Avengers that, you know, he's having these nightmares. He can't like throughout this early part of the movie, they also mention how he can't sleep. He hasn't he has, he's been up for like 72 hours. Yeah. Which is yeah. also, I think, a, a lot of times for people that suffer PTSD, it's that same symptom where they just they can't sleep. So it's close their eyes and they're, they're back where yeah all the it, made, trauma it, happened. it made more sense to me like the fact that that's what this whole movie is constantly trying to go into it it, it kind of builds it into a lot builds it a lot better now to me it makes more sense what he was going for so and and then well, i want to say this is the first time is when you start seeing things start kind of coming to place so they kind of start exposing the villain when you have hogan has been tailing the weird guy from val kilmer <laughs> bodyguard and I'll just kill anybody here. And when he's tailing him and he ends up watching the guy go to somebody and give somebody some random hobo looking guy a case at uh, Oriental Theater, I think it was. Chinese Theater. Chinese Theater? Oh. Isn't it, I thought it was called, is it called the Grand Theater or am I just making things no, up? I think it's called the Chinese Theater. I'm pretty okay, sure. I'm making things up. Okay. <laughs> um, and like when you have that, like that's when this movie, like I, I mean, of course I've never seen the movies. So I knew where it was going, but like that's when the movie starts to get kind of very real in a sense that that's where you have the guy ends up blowing, blowing up. I think Hogan, yeah, Hogan gets beat up and then the guy just explodes. Like the different guy that's there just like, blows up and all these innocent people, civilians just get vaporized instantly. Somehow Hogan survives. But yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that was yeah, because he couldn't die. But it kind of like he wasn't that far away either. When everyone's getting vaporized less than 20 feet from you, I feel like if you're only 20 feet away, you're still dead. Yeah. But. I mean, well, he gets thrown through like a, a window or some sort of pavilion. Right. And then yeah. you know, this little hand to hand combat, you know, cool. You know, he's a villain. The first night, the first time you see that bodyguard, you know, he's up to oh, no the guy good. just is an asshole. Yeah. yeah. He's just up to no good. But yeah, no, it was again, creating some tension. Thought it was kind of cool. Mystery is what this magical thing that happens that makes their faces turn red. And you kind of get it because it's been foreshadowed already with the plant. Because it's the same color when it regenerates. So as soon as oh. he starts regenerating, like okay, so the plant, she's gonna be involved somehow. Okay, and and all the plot points were pretty well te- te- uh, telegraphed. So <laughs> I kind of knew what was happening, you know, as it was going on. There was really wasn't really much suspense in all this, but still pretty cool explosion, kaboom. A lot of kaboom in this movie. Pretty good amount. <laughs> pretty fair amount of kaboom. What'd you think, uh, Mike? Michael, rather. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys kind of nailed it. It's just happy had the benefit of being a named character in a movie. If you don't have a name in a movie, then you can't, you can't survive something like that. <laughs> if you're named character, you're good. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. basically. I mean, it, it does that a lot though in this movie, which I, I'm, I'm okay with that in movies. But and oh, did you, did you enjoy the propaganda fortune cookie thing where you get another video from the manager and it's all talking about the fortune cookies? This is so damn stupid. I could you please? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> I knew you you're were an evil that. bill in this thing. You're going to lecture us about how Americans made fortune cookies to make a really bad metaphor. Holy God, that was I wrote down. Wow, this is so lame. Like, this it, is ridiculous. Come on. It was unnecessary. And then he's claiming the bomb bombing of the Chinese theater 
And that didn't make sense to me. I'm trying to think because, again, Bodyguard gives Hobo Guy, you know, his hit, uh, you know, this case of case of uh, fire juice. He takes his fire juice. But was he intended to explode because this is all the machinations of Killian? I want I see me to seem like a random thing that happened. And then the man, uh, the Mandalorian, um, not Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> I didn't get that right away. I was like. Wait a second. I knew I was going to do that. Dang it. This could have been a much better movie. (laughs) Much better everything. Um, Oh, God. Mandarin? Is that right? Mandarin, yeah. yeah. I like Mandalorian. We can just call it Mandalorian the rest of the movie. Mandalorian or just the orange Mandarin. That's kind of a stupid name. Is that why they glow orange? Because he's the Mandarin? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I hope you're not right, but I bet you are now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe that's why. Oh, man. We shouldn't be writing this movie either, clearly. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that would be in there. That'd be a line that's, that somewhere uh, somebody wrote. You know, everything orange because you're named after the orange. Hmm. So out of touch with Tony Stark, I could see him actually saying that in this movie. Be around uh, part of the slapstick. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll let you take run with that one. So um, I don't even know what I was saying. Whatever. Well, after she um, blows up. I mean, I feel like that was the intention that they had intended the guy to blow up at the theater. He didn't. The, the, the hobo guy didn't know it, but that was the intention was to make him explode. Or they just kind of or it just kind of happened. They spun it. to be, Yeah, that was that was the plan all along. That's kind of what I took it as well. Kind of like, oh, hey, that happened. I can claim that because I'm the evil villain who talks about fortune cookies, which is actually <laughs> yeah. comes back. It comes back as a reference. <laughs> Yes, it does. Oh, God. Again, I, I, I know this may be nitpicking. Someone may claim this is nitpicking. That was stupid. Again, you're trying to build a character, build like a villainous character who has control and his fingers in every facet of American society. And he's just talking about goddamn fortune cookies. And if I'm watching the TV going, oh, for Christ's sake, you're a hack. You're a hack. I'm not concerned anymore. <laughs> all of a sudden he's no longer scared of the terrors nope he brought up fortune cookies as a metaphor he's done nope, <laughs> I, Don't I, know. To him. I know i probably wouldn't i'd probably hide under a bar stool that's exactly <laughs> what i would do <laughs> who am i kidding <laughs> it, it is stupid i mean it didn't bother me but now that we're talking about it it's dumber than i than i, th- I think i thought about it when i first heard it i was like oh i didn't know american fortune cookies were american i know it's actually kind of neat i i could i could have guessed but you're not I'm wrong. Sure, it, it I'm sure true. sesame chicken isn't like native to China, you know. What? How can you say that? I can't. Sesame chicken slaps. Are you kidding me? That's good. So orange chicken. All right. And again, <laughs> I, I didn't care for this part where shortly after this, because Hogan's in the hospital and some some reporter with a freaking cell phone, not even a camera, a cell phone goes up to Tony's face because they had to make him throw the phones. Like, I guess that's why they had it. But he's like, so what do you want to say to the Mandarin? And that's when he's like, my address is blah, 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 blah. I'm waiting for you. And I'm like, one, you're famous. So I'm pretty sure you, he could just go on Google. Like, if I search Nicholas Cage's house, I'm pretty sure it will come up on Google. <laughs> like, it's so just... My, so it's my wife says, it's like, isn't isn't his address probably public anyway? Yeah, yeah. like, I just Google Nicholas Cage's house. It comes up. I don't know what the address actually is, but I could probably figure it out if I actually cared. I hey, care. curious where he lives follow his lamborghini to the to the building shaped like a spaceship that's probably where he lives that's my it guess just, then it's up on like a huge cliff so you can see it from 100 miles anyway it just felt it felt it, it felt to, to me back then it felt stupid to me this time i'm like you don't one he wasn't even prepared if the guy took him up on his thing as we see immediately after this 
they fucking blow up the house. <laughs> and all, it seems out of character, right? It's it was written as I'm thinking about it now. It feels like it was written by somebody who thinks that's what Tony Stark would say without really understanding what Tony Stark's character, because you would think, OK, yeah, no, he's got lots of moxie. He just, you know, happy is in a coma. It's funny. I wrote down happy in bad shape. And then afterwards, like, oh, no, coma is it's way worse than bad shape, um, which was actually touching, um, a little touching, actually. They should have lingered on that a little bit because they don't really show. Yeah, they don't really show Tony spending any time with him, like really reacting. It's just like a shot of happy. And then he mentions Downton Abbey, like put it on Downton Abbey when he wakes up. Like, oh, hey, okay. that's what that joke hey, was. Yeah. Right. Like because yeah. he doesn't like Downton Abbey. It's like, hey, asshole. Could you spend a little time with the bodyguards you've been hanging with for two movies and probably forever? Could yeah. you show a little emotion? And then that's like, again, this is now modern Tony being a jerk. So, oh, I don't, I just did not like that. And then he has this media thing where he just gets on his tough guy, which again, I could see him doing, but just the manner in which he does it. Yeah, yeah. It's like he throws a cell phone with he has a dozen cameras surrounding him and reporters with microphones as he announces his address. It just seemed way over the top. And Again, written by somebody who thinks that's what he would do without understanding the character. That's, in my opinion, not what he would have done. No, I don't. Right. I don't think he would have done. He probably would have been emotionally wrecked a bit. Like he would have been sad or angry. Angry is definitely an emotion that can be spawned from that. I don't know. It seemed very out of place. So we're saying the same thing. Because I feel like Tony would have just been saying, hey, where are you? I will. You give me where to go. and We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Not come bomb my house. I think he kind of nailed it, though. It's like. I think he's just coming out of the hospital where Happy is, and I think it's just all anger. Yeah, and that's fine. I just, again, the way he delivers that anger doesn't didn't seem to be in keeping with his character. For me. For me. Eh, I, I, I buy it. I buy what you mean, not not the part. All right, enough of that. Uh, but, like, in the whole part when the whole house explodes, like, you have Maya show up for really no reason, and then you blow up the house. I mean, I feel like the only point of her showing up is to kind of show that she's not the villain. That's how, it, how I took it. I, I actually before we get to that point, I'll let you uh, go, Michael, after this. But I did like in the lab, we kind of papered over. They go back to the lab and they discover that it was a 3000 degrees Celsius blast. And they oh, yeah. Little, yeah. They we do did. a little smart guy stuff to figure it out. Hey, oh, so highlight the last few bombings and highlight this. And Jarvis does smart stuff. And then um, everyone on the show groans at me because that's become a trope. Um, (laughs) I do like the fact that he kind of gets uh, and I don't know how he did this, but I just thought it was cool. I'll just say this is movie cool where he lays out uh, Happy's body on the on the ground like in and he did some um, Arkham Knight detective stuff. (laughs) It was really cool. I I was into that. I was like, oh, I'm I'm here for this. Kind of cool. Yeah, this is neat. And then he, he found a he finds a similar blast in Tennessee, and that's how we end up in Tennessee. But first, we have to blow up the house. I mean, okay, like I had forgotten why he ends up in Tennessee. Like I, because they mentioned it in this part, like you just said. But then as the house blows up, he ends up underwater with a messed up suit that can't really handle itself. And then somehow from there, because they, he just says, get me out of here. Jarvis then sends them to get abandoned in Tennessee. Well, that was the flight path that was programmed because because yeah. because he had actually said to Jarvis, OK, let's get us a flight plan, ten, flight plan to Tennessee. And that's when the doorbell rings in his oh. high or he sees and he sees it on the monitor. Just a random scientist walking up like <laughs> like no problem. You just gave a maniac your address and let this lady walk in. Did they ever mention her name until like way later in the movie? Because I kept saying scientist girl because I did not know her. 
want to say they do mention her name is Maya. I uh, yeah, mentioned it at I, I, some point because like I paused the movie and I said to my wife, I'm like, here's a fun game. What's that character's name? She's like, I think I you said it was Maya. I said, okay. well, you're apparently paying way more attention to this movie than I am. Clearly, clearly. You were suffering. Oh, man, this movie jumps, especially at the beginning, it jumps around so much. Like no scene is more than a few minutes long. And then you're somewhere else doing something else. It's crazy. You're right. Like, I okay. have I usually take my outlines usually scene by scene. And there's lots of uh, spots in my outline that have nothing. <laughs> it's just really nothing. Tennessee, back to something. Yeah, no, it does jump around a lot. Okay, but, like, we yeah, do, but, but we sorry, we do linger on this scene of complete destruction of his house. Yeah, which was visually cool. That was cool. I was into it. I, I again, I like seeing Iron Man not be able to do Iron Man things, um, forcing him to oh, be resourceful. Perfect movie for you. Today. <laughs> oh, we do. Well, again, this is uh, this is Tony Stark three. This is not Iron Man three. Yeah, um, but that is neat. Uh, and to see him under duress. Right. That was fine. So the, this is aim attacking his house, right? Yes. Uh, we find out later. And isn't Killian's goal to get him to help? and also he knows maya's there which spoiler she's she's bad so like i don't know it didn't line up for me like why is he trying to kill tony why is he trying to kill maya when she thinks that he needs her help was that established yet at this point though because well that's the thing way later yeah because you're not sure because at this point you don't know that you know unless you're being perceptive that killian is is um, the Mandarin because he's expecting the terrorists to come with helicopters, evidently, to fire missiles. Where'd you get those? And at his home, like he's expecting to take on this, you know, bearded dude who's a terrorist. He's expecting that. So when when this happens, you don't realize it's AIM doing it. It's just yeah. some well, dude. You don't who even know AIM until is bad until right, right. You don't way know that later. Either. Correct. You just think there's some terrorist attacking with uh, attacking a guy with the only thing that does actually no, it does foreshadow it because you have the bodyguards piloting one of the piloting one of the helicopters. Oh, so that should tell you right there. I didn't oh, catch that. yeah. They show him a couple of times with his glimmering orange face. No, I think yeah. you're right. I just don't think I paid attention. I think I, I already knew. Who That's it. Was. That's I how. You, so now at that point, you should know that AIM is in league with um, the Mandarin. Um, yeah, but again, I think it's like the next scene is Killian's on the phone talking to that guy. He's like, yeah, we didn't find Stark's body or whatever. So it's not very long before we it's spelled out for us anyway. Right. That doesn't make sense. But again, I don't think you realize at this point that he needs Tony's help. That's that's really only established when he's captured. Yeah, that's yeah, later. But still, I mean, looking at it from someone who knows what's going on. It's, it very fair. Sense. Well, if you know what's going on, you're going to hate it in about an hour. So <laughs> I, I even though I knew this movie, I've seen this movie. I had forgotten all about the whole fact that that's what that he did need Tony's help that I think I erased this movie from my memory, which also made me enjoy it more because I hadn't I, I didn't remember anything. It was all brand new. Kind of funny how that works. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, a couple of dumb things. And I mean, for example, like his flight doesn't work because I forget why. Was it because it's not done yet? Because the flight wasn't work. The flight mechanic wasn't working. I don't remember why. It wasn't uh, ready. Tony's passed soon. Tony's passed out in the suit when when it gets to Tennessee, he wakes up. So I don't know if that has some kind of no. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about when when he's in the midst of this uh, house crumbling. Oh, um, yeah. he can't use his flight. Um, so he has to kind of just do. I don't know. He's he is he's like a quarter power or something. He uses uh, a piano to take out a helicopter. That was cool. oh That's one word for it. Dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it. I thought it was silly. I didn't like it either. It gave me it, gave, it made me laugh. It's like, oh, this is this this kills tension. 
It's like it's like Die Hard Four, where he he That's throws the car into the helicopter. Exactly what I thought. <laughs> exactly what I thought. Yes, just like a refrigerator protects Indiana Jones. Yes, I get it. It was silly, but I again forget that ever happened. You can hand wave it, but it just read as silly. Broke some tension. I wonder yeah. if it just took damage in the explosion because he's not even initially in the armor. He throws it on Pepper to save her. And also, he'd be so dead when that bomb went off and he slams into the wall. Oh, yep. my God. He, this, there, or not. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot of uh, diehard DNA in this where somehow, some way, John McClane can just survive stories of falls and rocks and explosions and somehow some way comes out relatively unscathed. I thought that numerous times like, Oh, you, sh- you are not a superhero, my friend without your suit. You are just a dude. Yeah. 100%. That's one of the weird that, things about this. Was a, that was a big problem for me. Again, that kind of just gets it to a little too comic booky for my taste. Again, you can hand wave and say, well, it's a comic book movie, you know, come on, what are you going to do? But yeah, a lot of John McClane DNA in this, um, in his portrayal of how he figures things out and gets away with things and gets around disasters, especially later on after the bar. But we'll get to that as well. <laughs> like anyway. The whole thing in Tennessee, like it, I remember when I first saw it, I thought it was just stupid. Now it doesn't bother me. Like, again, I don't understand exactly like you see him. He wakes up. He takes the armor off because it's all busted and he's just dragging it behind him. And he ends up at a random house and he just bust down the door goes in the house and i want to be yeah. like why did he pick this house and how lucky is he he's in tennessee so you're in the south and i'm assuming tennessee's in one of the states where you can have a gun where everyone has guns like in texas and he just walks in the house like yeah, i'll be fine I'm, I'm tony stark like you're it's not going to stop someone going who are you oh you're that famous guy like no they're just going to shoot your ass <sighs> yeah michael i'll let you chime in on this because i have a thought but i'll let you really <laughs> don't don't much say i mean I just like setting you up because I know you despise this movie. I, yeah, it's I, great, I, isn't it? I, I thought I, I thought it was. And you know what? Not for nothing, Mike. You keep saying you didn't mind things. You have yet to say you liked things. <laughs> things, things this movie just, things, yeah. Let's just get this straight. I don't know what you're going to say about the rest of this film, but you have said you know you you have derived no joy according to my reading of how you're saying this. You're just like oh. saying, well, I didn't hate it. It's so, like yeah, getting takeout from like so Burger King. Liked like, it more. Oh. You just didn't hate it as much. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think, again, I came in this movie with such low expectations and I left not upset. So I'm like, hey, the win-win in my, in my favor. I feel like that I Malcolm guess. in the Middle meme with Dewey was like, I had no expect expectations and I'm still let down. <laughs> <laughs> you were, yes. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, anyway, so, Mike, I'll let you, I'll let you chime in on this because um, I need a little more rancor um, for, for this part. Uh, I mean... Then we're, we're introduced to the kid. Uh, the hell's his name? Kid? kid. I, I don't remember. I it's can't even kid. tell you. <laughs> oh, um, Hale, it's a uh, 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 Harley. Harley. Yeah. There we go. Only reason I remember that is because for obvious reasons. Like, he plays the part of kid fine. Like, he's an annoying kid like he's supposed to be. But uh, does he really add anything to the movie? Mm. It's just someone for Tony to talk to while he's in Tennessee. He's only a person to make fun of, totally to actually make fun of and give oh, him man. constant shit, which was which was awful. I really that bummed me out. He's fine. I, I will never. So just to give you a couple of things, I will never criticize a kid's performance in a movie oh, like yeah. negatively because they're kids. Like, don't leave him alone. They're kids. Leave. Just stop. I, I really because critics will like, oh, he really wasn't good. He's, he's 12. <laughs> he did his best. So shut up about it and let him be a kid. Like, relax. Yeah. yeah no, I, one I, thing I, I never I, do. I, I, so I one think thing he, he has 
over Jake Lloyd is like he's written to be a kid. He's not written to be something else. So he plays the part of he's not a, just a ten year old hitting on a fourteen year old. What? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Huh. Uh, yeah, Jake Jake Lloyd. The Jake Lloyd uh, syndrome is just a symptom of bad writing. Like yeah, it's not a symptom exactly. of hit as an actor because he's just a kid reading lines to the best of his ability. It's just horrendous, you know, writing. I well, I had a thing here when it comes to the Tennessee. I don't remember. Yeah, the breaking and entry sucks. Like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. Like, for example, I so he crashes in. He's in Jarvis. He gets out of Jarvis. He's cold. He steals a poncho off of, a, off of like a Native Indian. American statue. Statue, which is funny. That's fine. It's supposed to be a callback to Mandarin's talk earlier about the Native Americans. Probably. If it is, if Again. it is. I'm going to grind my teeth. You know <laughs> what? Giving the probably movie more was. credit. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, actually, probably give more credit. But he uh, actually dug this, right? He's in this lonely place. He's cold. He's dragging Iron Man around. Iron Man's busted. It's symbolic, right? I'm like, okay. Like, wow. Okay, I'm feeling for him. And then he just kicks in a door and just like, goes into a random garage. Like, hey, that's illegal. Shouldn't be doing that. And that's, of course, when we get introduced to um, Harley he doesn't really do much. Yeah, he's I, I don't he's I think I thought he was written to be uh, baby Tony Stark, like the kid he doesn't have. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about it. Like, oh, he's the kid that he doesn't have. So, yeah, that's a good you one. know, so he's going to show him some stuff. He's going to like have him do some things. And, hey, do you get bullied? I can tell. How? How can you tell? What? what? Um, yeah, that that I was questioning that, too. I guess he just needed stuff. I don't know, but I don't know why you'd send a kid to get you stuff like um where you'd act like such a ha- asshole to this kid that's helping you out. He is a complete <laughs> jerk to this kid, which is so just bad for his character and mean for no reason. Like, hey kid, can you do me a solid and get me some stuff? Hey kid, oh you're a big fan. I love it. Not screw you, kid. Like, hey, you broke the finger off my Iron Man suit. <laughs> Well, dude, it's in shambles. What do you care? Like, it's <sighs> it was mean for no reason. It yeah. wasn't charming, quippy Tony Stark. It wasn't him being aloof and I don't care guy. He's just being a jerk to a kid. Like, he's yeah. 12. Like, it made no sense. And I thought it really kind of damaged the character, especially at the very end, the very end of this Tennessee part, yeah. uh, which we'll get to. Which is I mean, literally probably the meanest thing you could say to a child, but we'll get to the meanest thing you could oh, say to a child. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, yeah. no. Yes. No, that's in this scene where, no, where that's he's not like, okay. no, 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 the, the meanest thing he says to him. He's like, uh, he's like, who's home? He's like, mom already went to work. And dad went to get scratchers, but apparently won because that was six years ago. He's like, yeah, well, dad's leave. Don't be a pussy about it. I'm like, what that, the hell, man? There's another mean thing right here. No, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's, that's still that's, pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Like, what's wrong with you? And do you really need to say what? pussy in like a PG-13 film that has a bunch of kids in it already? Right, yeah. Like, dude, like that. It's so tone deaf. That's what it is. It's tone deaf. Like, you don't understand what this is supposed to be and what this is meant to be. Because, again, I think this is written to be little Tony Stark. Like, he's really into electronics. He's in building things. He's curious. And that works. I dig that so much. Super here for that. But then you're just an absolute jerk. Are you writing it because Tony Stark's dad was a jerk? So that's how he projects fatherhood? And what? Who cares? Stop. Just yeah, don't do I mean, that. It was, it was stupid. It was one of the dumber, dumber parts of this. Sorry. It really hit me until you just mentioned that there'd be kids in the theater like Tony's been set up to be a hero, like up right. until this point through <laughs> Iron Man 1, 2 and Avengers. And like they kind of undo his character in this movie where he, they really do. They very unheroic. 
Yes, he he is not. Yeah, he's, he is not heroic. Um, and there's another scene that I will get into where it's another crime against the audience. But we'll we will <laughs> another crime. against the audience. And it's not Mandarin related at all. There's a crime against the audience that's committed. And I'm curious if you guys caught it. But anyway, I yeah, don't so... think so. I know you have a, a little scene with Pepper and Maya in the car. because I forget there. Maya's like knows more about what's going on. This is when she tells her when she find out it was all a whole ploy to capture her. She tells Pepper like, oh, Aldrich Killian is working with the Mandarin. That's his boss. And we need to go here. And then she just gets captured eventually but that's not it but that's that's fair so let's yeah we'll we'll get there because now i'm raring to get there oh you have the in tennessee i mean like i know we mentioned why he goes there but you have that whole part where he goes to where the first bomb site is and you have (laughs) you know them kind of you know investigating the bomb site i mean i was i was okay with that where he's like that's weird there's only five shadows there should be six or something like that i don't remember the number but because that's when he starts putting together that the guy was the bomb himself and that's why there's no ash shadow for him yeah and this is also where harley starts pushing his buttons to get him to have an anxiety (laughs) attack because i guess we're now around the end of the first hour of the movie and he hasn't had one yet so um she he he presses him to get an anxiety attack i am actually okay with this because that's what a kid will do like a kid will ask you a thousand questions in rapid fire. I forgot the thing I was going to say about I'm going to go back. Well, no, I'll do this. So I was asking myself, why Why would this kid do that? Like, why are you in this moment? You're kind of having this somber moment with this memorial. And then I realized is because, again, we're about the end of the first hour and the script said so. So he had to do it was in the script. And it's a hack joke from back in like the Plinkett days. But do you see the script? It's right there. It's underneath his foot. He's got to do what the script says. But yeah, it was very contrived, that whole anxiety thing. Because you've lost all our goodwill, Tony. Like, you've lost it. It's gone. We, we, don't, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. I mean, he's an asshole in, the, in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. huge asshole. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Another fun I mean, drinking game. Take a shot every time we call Tony an asshole. Oh, if they're still alive after that Hawkeye episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, that, that might not be published at this point. I'm not sure yet. So, like, I, I, I didn't mind the whole, and this is all, and I, I want to say there's another Mandarin recording, and this is when at Killian's house, when you start to kind of find out that Killian is somehow involved with the Mandarin, but you don't find out that you know, it doesn't really get as deep as where it's, where it ends up going yet. But that was also just weird. Um, and then, I mean, I, sorry, was uh, there's a small part where they go to the house for a second, where they show them showing up at the house. They don't, and he's getting ready to record. Gotcha, yeah. That's I right. have written oh, down, but I think it, there's more to it a little later. Wait a minute, but this, because the because we have that's not the scene that you're talking about where they actually have the 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 guy shot on the broadcast. No, that's not. Oh, uh, no, I think that's, that's after the up. bar scene. That's after the bar scene. Cause I think we're approaching. Yeah, the bar scene was OK. Yeah, I think this Mandarin one you're talking about is where Killian's on the phone with the guy, like I mentioned earlier, and then yes. he walks out and there's the set there where the oh, man yeah. has been recording. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Because you have yeah. Tony, the PTSD moment, which is what we just talked about. Then you had the Tennessee bar and where he goes to where he goes to meet the mother of the guy that exploded. And she's he's like, he's like, where can I find her? She's like, she's like the bar where she always is or something like that is the is what the kid says. Harley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is the scene. The whole that. scene, the whole setup of this is it, it, I felt like it was a bunch of it was fun. Actually, it was a pretty decent action scene. Um, you get to see again. They, it's showcasing the different things that the fire people can do. The Homeland Security lady shows up, a little foreshadowing as he walks in, you know, and he sees her all like scarred up. And of course, that signals me to think, oh, she's a thing. When I, I didn't expect her to come in as, you know, fire lady. Um, she comes in and then, you know, says, you have to come with me, Homeland Security. Give me that file. Why <laughs> they need the file, I don't know. 
Like, why? I think it's just evidence against them. Oh, right. Because there's evidence Destroy. they're going to yeah. burn it with their fire hand. <laughs> Could have just done that. I really thought there was going to be a scene between a real scene between Tony and the uh, the mom. But you really just get her. I forget what she says. She, oh, she she says. Oh, that's right. He gives her she gives him information about um, her her uh, son who was killed the bomb guy. Um, and then she learns, he, he basically deduces that. I don't know. I don't remember how he deduces. He didn't, wasn't a terrorist that he was exploded without being a terrorist. I don't remember. Exactly. And then for, and then after that, of course we have the, the battles between him and I call it the Og squad. And the only reason they call it the Og squad is I'm playing deus ex right now. Yeah. So I, I called it the Og Squad. Even though it was not really Ogs, obviously, but then they're no, shooting they're fire. Just, they're doing like, I, you know. I like this part. Like I, I enjoyed when she when she shows up, she handcuffs Tony and because I mean I knew who she was immediately. He runs into her when he when he's about to enter the bar and I'm like, Oh yeah, she's bad. I remember that. But I, I liked it. I liked how he's running around handcuffed and she's trying to kill him and he's trying to escape. Like I, I enjoyed all that. That that I, I I didn't mind that part at all. I thought it was funny, I thought it was fun. He's escaping and he finally blows her up to kill her because he starts a fire. I was I was on board with this part. It's a positive for a change. <laughs> well, you're not going to immediately undo that. Where he's hiding behind <laughs> him. He runs out the bar and hides behind the truck. And the guy, there's some guy there. He's like, man, this is pretty crazy. He's like, yeah, you want to see something else? And then he like jumps through a window. I'm like, why? Who is that line necessary? It was so useless. I feel like I'm just... I'm just nitpicking to be, to oh, be hateful, but oh, but speaking of know. useless things, there is one that nobody would have gotten. It's like shortly after this part where the kid gets caught and he's talking with the bodyguard guy, and he's like, I forget what he wants to file or something. But he makes a reference after he kills him, he makes a, or shoots him with a does he, he shoot him or something? I don't remember. Whatever the hell happens to him, no, he doesn't. He doesn't die yet. He ends up distracting him or i don't remember exactly but he makes a westworld reference that's what i want to say and at yeah. the time westworld was only a 1970 western film where the west where they're androids where it would have made it would have went over everybody's head i feel like most people's head back in 2013 where now you have the westworld <laughs> series on hbo like okay i get that reference now but yeah like i i, I immediately pulled up google i'm like that wasn't around yet Jeff. Yeah, I, I I didn't. Again, I I don't really watch the shows or anything, so I didn't get the timing. But I did catch that. I just didn't connect it to the show. Um, I will say one thing with, about the about the the bar fights. I was I thought it was fun. I thought the handcuff fight was really fun. Um, again, I, I kind of dig that they have like a prop or something that's kind of preventing each person from doing what they can do in Tony's case, which is pretty much nothing. I really dug, <laughs> although I felt bad for the owners of the actual uh, building they ended up in anyway. I always think about that when they blow up buildings that's not theirs. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, like, hope that guy has good insurance when they he microwaves the the dog tags and does something and hits, I guess, a gas line or something. Yeah. That was neat. Super into that. Again, yeah. trickster with science. Super down for that. And then and the it's blowing up and hanging from the power lines. Yeah. Hanging from the power lines. Yeah, Persona really Four. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. Indeed. And then we'll the, never be on the show. No. Oh. <sighs> I it's only like it. 80 hours. I yeah, beat it once. Say, you got a lot, there was a, a part that bothered me a lot in this movie that is nitpicking, but it bothered me. Like, so, so after this, he ends up getting to a car. Whose car it is? I don't know. How did he get a car? I don't know. But gets into a car. Oh, it was the main bodyguard. It was the bodyguard's car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now you, I now asked the same question. Sense. 
Yes, I, I asked like, the same question. Yeah. What the fuck is this car doing? Did he just like where's the okay? Now I'm now I'm I'm good now. Thank you. You made the movie better for me now. See now you like that. So, <laughs> I mean, even the part where like he's talking to the kid where he's like you know where he's like I'm gonna leave you like your dad did. Bye. And I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. But it, that it, is the moment yes. where I was like. Ah, uh, <laughs> you, Mr. Stark. Wow, what a ass. Are you going to leave? And then kids like shrugs, shrugs, shrugs it off like, oh, it was it was worth a shot, well, which is supposed to are, soften that blow. But the fact that he actually up. fired that punch is so, so bad. And he got out of Tony got out of the um, predicament with um, the kid getting captured because he gave the kid this light stick oh yeah that's what it was uh, this yeah. flasher and he, he you know so that pays off the flasher he gives him the flasher and then which you know obviously stuns him and then tony has a backup laser thing just sitting in his pocket hey tony hey tone my man why didn't you just take that blaster thing when the lady had your neck pinned to a counter with handcuffs searing hot flesh you could just grab that and went poof and right he into wouldn't her face. have had it for the final scene right the next part because the script told them to. Because the script said, <laughs> Can't, you have to blow up this lady with a microwave microwave dog tag and gas line. And then save that for the traumatic end with the kid that you clearly don't like anyway. So why would you even care considering you just told him to, well, yep, I'm just like your dad later. And pretty much meaning it. I mean, well, actually, actually, probably not because he the suit's still in the garage, but. Yeah. Still an asshole. Fuck. And then he just walks off with the file after he shoots that laser beam. Just walks off. Whoop. Oh, wait, there it is. So yeah. stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but now we get to the newest broadcast. When I finally realized it was Ben Kingsley, I did not know that up until Nor this. Nor did my wife. Because you don't really see much of him. You see kind of like beard and lips and sunglasses. Um, to which I'm like, ooh, Ben Kingsley. He's good. He is. Like we said before, he is such an amazing actor, though, in general. Like, he's good. Uh, no, he's great. He's great as, you know, the Mandarin. He's, a, he's great as Mandarin. Yeah, he's <laughs> sure. <laughs> and as Trevor. And then, yeah. This, we'll this incarnation of uh, this incarnation of Mandarin. He didn't bother me this time. Bother me at all. I mean, you still don't find out the big reveal yet. But this is the part where you find where you, he has a guy on the floor. And he's like, President, if you call me, I won't shoot this. If you don't call me in 30 seconds, I'm going to shoot this man. And the phone starts ringing. And he's like, eh, he shoots him anyway. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> But I mean, he, I don't think he ever shot him because he's a fake. But yeah. well, yeah, that's the whole that's the whole surprise at the end. But yeah, this works. This is fine. I mean, it's it's a chilling thing. You saw that coming. You didn't think that the guy was surviving that. He goes, I think I bet you he's a pretty nice guy. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I dig the for the most part. I dig those those broadcasts, you know. Some of some of the bits are really stupid, fortune cookie, but <laughs> as, far as, theme, as far as theming goes and setup, it's it's pretty good. I feel like this joke is going to come back and back and back again. That's not our style. No, of course not. We don't do stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) we don't beat things into the ground. No, no, not Not us. Not this show. Oh, oh, no, no. You know, I was actually okay with him traveling from Tennessee to Florida in a day. It didn't bother (laughs) me this time. It made sense. I was okay with that. Okay, so I, I, and then you have the like the part with Iron Patriot going around to a couple different places. That was stupid. He goes to Pakistan, does nothing, goes somewhere else. There's people in a in a sewing shop. Like that was all just stupid. I did not like it. This is how they capture him, right? 
where he goes to the sweatshop and then one of the people turns out to be an extremist yeah. person. Doesn't happen yet. It happens um it happens later, later on. But, yeah, okay. but no, this I is how they bring up the two. basically kind of like just lead him on a wild goose chase, you know, to different things. And Tony calling him while he's in Pakistan was actually pretty good. That's in um he meets because Tony okay, needs I did laugh. I did laugh. Because Tony needs credentials to uh to the aim to get go in and do something. I guess find out you know where the the Mandarin actually is because he's now connected the dots. And uh, he, when Brody gives him his uh his password, is very funny. Like, I did. What was it War Machine rocks with an yeah, X? with an something. X, all caps. Okay. Yeah, the part that I thought was just weird is when he says it, the other people can hear him too. And you think if you're in a giant suit like that, it would be only in the suit, like it wouldn't project outside if you didn't want it to. I don't know. That's a good point. That's, That's nitpicking, good point. but I thought about I, uh, it. I don't know, but that is a good point. It this is, is also... funny when they laugh. I did. Is, I, I yeah. thought funny to laugh. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I speak English. But this is when to, this is when a uh, Rhodey finds out that Tony's still alive. Like we see Tony call Pepper when he gets to Tennessee. Like you didn't call Rhodey and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I survived the the house exploding." And no one it. seems terribly terribly. Everyone seems very nondeplussed. I think that's <laughs> the right word about the fact that he's alive. Like the newspapers think he's dead, but no one seems to ever really react strongly. Like, huh. There you are. I think hey, you were alive. Gary did. Gary was so excited to see him. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. That's this. Okay. Here we go. Here we There's go. a part where he goes into a van to hijack the signal or something after he gets the credentials. And this guy walks. He's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, you're Tony. You're alive. I knew you were alive. And, and the guy's talking all about it. Pulls out a tattoo of Tony Stark's face on his arm. And... You know what? I, I wasn't hurt. Like, I laughed at this part. Either there's something wrong with me that I, I don't know, but I laughed. I was like, okay, this is this is funny. Maybe I just wanted to like this movie since I knew nobody else would on this show. But I was laughing. I was like, okay, this is stupid as hell, but it's funny. Okay, I buy it. And yeah, I don't know why. So, I it. so here, I, I respect you guys a lot. <laughs> I do. This is not good. <laughs> None of this is good. This is actually extraordinarily bad for a central reason. First off, I guess we haven't had enough boobies yet in the movie. So we're going to go to Miss Chattanooga. Uh, that part was so bad, the, of course. And you get your Stanley cameo. The weakest Stanley cameo so in like all of the MCU. So bad. No, it is the worst because it's now like lecherous old man at like regional beauty pageant. We're holding up a 10 car. It is uh, ridiculous how bad this is and again this is what okay this whole scene i can actually probably talk more about this scene than i can about the mandarin reveal so here's 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 problem problem one this is what i call i have a, I have a theory called levels of thinking so if you're writing a story you have your first level of thinking if you're doing a scene and your first level sucks it's always bad because it's based on cliches. It's based on just the, the cliches you've grown up with. So you take that and you have a second level. Second level is all right. And then third level is how you develop that. And then you get something, get to something original. You're like you're mining for originality. This is what I would call a second level idea. They said, all right, so Tony Stark now has the credentials. He needs a place to 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 put them in. Okay, where can you go to like broadcast in a, a lot of you know, broadcast something? Maybe a radio station. Ah, that's kind of hack. How can we Oh, maybe a TV truck. Well, why would there be a TV truck in Chattanooga or in Tennessee wherever they are? Oh, maybe we have we don't have enough boobies yet. So what if we have like a beauty pageant because that's something Tony Stark would begin to and we could have news vans everywhere. 
because clearly every single regional TV station is going to cover the goddamn Miss Chattanooga beauty pageant. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea built off of weak writing. And so you have your bad Stanley cameo. You have Tony getting into the van, needing, you know, to to broadcast, realizing (laughs) using speedtest.net. That was very funny. And seeing here like 10 megs. That was pretty good. (laughs) So here's Gary. All right. I slammed my book on purpose. (laughs) Movies of this type should never insult their audience. And this character insults a core demographic of their audience, the super fan. The super fan is the reason you can make this movie. The super fan who actually cared about Iron Man from the beginning. No, this is insulting the super fan because they created this character who's obsessive. He's got the tattoo. He's giggling over himself. He is played there for comedy. And a lot of people in that theater are not that guy to that extreme, but I think it makes fun of that audience. And you don't do that. That that is that's why. Now I'm not that guy because I again I don't I've never read these comic books. I just like the films and you know this that and the other thing. So I'm not personally offended, but I can see how someone would be because you should never make again. I'm repeating myself, but you should never just poke fun at the people that are in your seats because now you've alienated a bunch of people out of this. Now later on you're going to alienate everybody. Everybody gets alienated. <laughs> Nobody's happy at all. And if, if Mike says, if uh, Michael says, sorry, if Mike says that he's happy, I might, I might have to, I won't make fun of you. I promise. I will never make fun of you. <laughs> I promise. Uh, Thanks. That'd be me. No, that would be, that'd be me. You're allowed to oh, like what right. you like. But I, I just think this, this is a pretty big sin and it may seem minor because it's a minor one minute scene, but it just bugged me again, because you, you don't want to cast your audience as someone who is you know dorky, you're over obsessive. That's what this does. That, cause that's who this character is. Yeah, I definitely didn't catch him as an audi- audience surrogate there. I didn't either, but he he's not. I can feel it. I see where he's coming from. Although, I do have something very important to say about Gary the Cameraman. It's like, this guy looks familiar. I'm going to look him up on IMDb, which he did not look familiar because I don't know anything. I, I didn't recognize anything he was from. But one movie title caught my eye, and I have to read this small summary about Omniboat, a fastboat fantasia. <laughs> what? This, this is a movie he was in called Omniboat. It says, chronicling the life of Leon Pipe, which is the name of the boat, a 47-foot Top Gun cigarette speedboat from its conception through the end of human civilization. It's not just a speedboat, it's a Miami adventure. Like, that might be the most ridiculous plot summary I've ever read. Hey guys, can we take a sidebar on this show and actually (laughs) cover that movie? Cover that movie because, oh my god. I am like, so I'm super in for that. I mean, if you can <laughs> like, find a way to stream it. I, I, I took two notes, two notes from this movie. One of them was my stupid intro and the other one was Omniboat. So I told my wife, I, was like, <laughs> I, have, I have to tell them about Omniboat. It's so, so stupid. The world has to know. Omniboat. So let me see. All right. Omniboat. I'm sure it's a trailer, right? There's no trailer or anything? No, oh, I didn't look. Is this just this random? I should have done that. Yeah, I just pulled it up IMDb. That's so funny. I, I won't I won't waste time with that, but my God, that sounds glorious. So he was a, he's an established actor, clearly. he's uh, He's done yeah, some he, work. He's apparently in the Sonic movie, too, that just came right. out. Omni, anyway. Fast yep. Boat Fantasia. So, Wait, and this is recent. around the time when you find out that Maya is actually bad and she captures Pepper Potts, which is all the whole plan, even though it doesn't really not it's not that for I don't know, not that foreshadowed that well. But I, I, I didn't care. And this is also I had mentioned earlier, this is when Patriot gets stopped when they like you said, he goes to the sweatshop and one of the people ends up being not 
a worker and grabs them. Uh, and this is trying what else yep. here do I want to say? But you find out you find out about Miami through all that. He has an anxiety attack. I wrote building. I have no idea what building means in my notes. I can't remember. <laughs> hey, that's, put, that's spreading. <laughs> and I put quotation smart people question mark. I know it was a joke, but I don't remember what the joke was for. Is is this when Tony's making all oh, the yes! all the yes. stuff? I like this part. When I saw it in 2013, it was the dumbest shit I ever saw. I saw it today, yesterday, and I was like, I'm in. I'm in. It makes sense. These smart people doing smart things, making some weapons. Like, I'm okay with it. I buy it. Yeah, I like this a lot, too. I, I thought it was because for obvious reasons. But before <laughs> that, before that, you, you kind of papered over. He's on his way to to go to the kid to get his suit back, and he's kind of walking him through how to fix it. Um, of course, the kid can't because he's 12. So oh, yeah. the suit not charging causes the panic attack. And the kid talks him down because the kid says, well, just build something. So, Mike, you've you've struggled with PTSD in your past. Can you just turn it off like that? Just <laughs> boom. OK. Whoa. All right. No. Wow. I figured that out. Excellent. Thanks, kid. No, just just not. OK. Just build my way out of it. And I mean, mine is, is nothing less... like what some people must, you know, some people I bet, you know, I know go through. But no, it doesn't just go away. Yeah. <laughs> no need for medication or therapy. Or I mean, there are things you can do to help calm yourself like i i didn't realize as a kid but i i did this most for most of my life i would breathe out like vader you would just hear <sighs> right and i mean that was i think it's not terrible on here but that's that was my way of coping with things without me realizing it that's something that i would do but no it doesn't just go away like that he literally snaps out of it with the head snap like oh oh yeah i'll just build my way out of it why cool. didn't i think of that let's let me go to home depot and get a bunch of stuff which i actually liked that was fun that but was again, cool too and you have the hoodie on like i'm okay i 2013, dumbest shit in the world. 2020, I'm, I'm on board. I bought it. Funny. No problem. This is the last we see of the PTSD. Like, I don't think it's brought up again nope. for the rest of the movie. It's just, it's just gone. Well, yeah, kind of, well, kind of sort of in the end credit, but we'll, we'll talk about that. He's in hero mode now. Like, he, this is the part where he sneaks into the mansion, which, again, I didn't like that because it's Tony Stark not in the suit, but just being Tony Stark. But this time, I was 100% on board and he's sneaking around, taking people out with his stupid little inventions that he made and... 100% on board. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. And I was like, what's 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 going on here? Why am I having fun? But I did. What did you think about what do you think it about that one? <laughs> it's reminding you of Home Alone where he's got the that ornaments is... explode. Are you reading my notes? It is extremely <laughs> Home Alone, <laughs> um, my... especially with the Christmas ball that explodes. I'm like, yeah. wow. Was it, oh, what was it? Kevin? Was it Kevin? Kevin, Kevin McAllister. McAllister, yeah. thank you. Yeah, good old. It was has very Home Alone vibes. I really loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun with his DIY inventions. Uh, yeah, it was cute. I, I, he was doing all his uh, Solid Snake, you know, sneaking around and you know doing all that. It was fun. I really enjoyed that. Probably one of my more more favorite more favorite favoritist. I enjoy the scene very much. Man, he knocks <laughs> that guy in the fountain and then drops one of those exploding ornaments on him. That that guy is dead. Like, oh, he yeah. killed that guy. He has not survived. Killed a lot of people in this. And he, I mean, he killed a lot of people. Like he had no problem with. It. He just killed them. He kills eighty people in two days. That's it. Maybe he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Where are you going with this?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's where you're going with this." Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy that, that, that stuff though. True. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, didn't admit that I. And I did enjoy the whole man. Like back in the day, it was the dumbest shit in the world. But the whole part with the Mandarin being fake and you find out that he's just an actor and he's a stupid actor and the whole studio, all that was just to me was hilarious this time. It didn't it didn't bother <laughs> me where it bothered me before because I know who the Mandarin was. But this time right. I was like, OK, 
It's funny. Yeah, the whole the whole Mandarin plot is just to be a ploy to distract everyone from what AIM is really doing. This is the way I took it anyway. I think that's the real way to take it. Yeah. Still bad. Still yeah. still not still good. Bad. Still bad. Still really bad. So here, again, so here we talk about insulting the audience and not respecting them. So here you have, again, I kind of wrote this down, but you have three types of people in your audience. There's more, but here's the three basic types that are going to be really into your movie. You have your comic book fans, right? You have your casual fans who saw the Avengers and love now are into Marvel and they're going to see all the Iron Man movies and all the Marvel movies. So they make $1.2 billion. And then you have film fans, people who are into movies. People are into movies and enjoy these movies for what they are. Here you insult all of them. Every single one <laughs> you insult. A, you insult the the casual fan because the humor in this does not work. It's it's got like, again, the booby girls and the tone is off. And you have a creepy woman on a bed who saw high on high on stuff and he's just bumbling and drinking. Your casual fan is not going to really find that fun. Like that's not terribly fun. The second person that you're insulting, of course, your hardcore fans. Now, I don't know. From what I understand, Mandarin's an important character in the MCU, like the comic books. Yes. He's extremely yeah. important. And to see an extremely important character reduced to a drug-addled, bumbling buffoon who in no way could pull himself together to be fake Mandarin. Like, no chance. Nah, can't happen. And to see that character destroyed, literally destroyed, had to be an affront to anybody who is really into the comic books again. Now, first, you were just made fun of for being a fan. Now you're being uh, insulted because you've taken this wonderful character, this important character, and just basically cut him in half, like destroyed him. Kind of like what they, what the Fantastic Four movies do to Doctor Doom. <laughs> Evidently, Doctor <laughs> Doom is an extremely important character mm. in the D is it DC, right? Yes. Oh no, Marvel. Oh my it's god. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I don't know. Please, oh, please yes. remember. So he's evidently an extremely important person in the Marvel. Like, like evidently, I have a friend who's super into it. Like top five villain in the Marvel universe. To turn him into a bumbling buffoon is an insult to the people who made you popular. Like you have to respect your fans. You don't have to do fan service, but you have to respect your fans. And then the third person, which is the film fan, sees Ben Kingsley, sir. Ben Kingsley, Academy Award winner for Gandhi, reduced to playing a, again, a bumbling schmuck, showing some range, right? That's some pretty good range, you know, <laughs> evil, evil terrorist and bumbling buffoon. But to see that character person just drugged down to this ridiculous state is obscene. And it, it, it none of it works. The comedy doesn't work. It, it completely deflates the movie, I thought, like the tone. It is a tonal shift. Shift. It's a tonal continental drift like it just breaks the tone completely and it's not executed well it's not funny it it relies on tropes and relies on exaggerations and it relies on what's the other word i'm looking for it just relies on just such contrivances that it is stunning it stunned me because like, I didn't see this coming because why would I? I'm a sensible human being with a brain. How could I? How could I think <laughs> someone would do such a stupid thing? But okay. just again, just just an absolute failure of a scene. No, sir, I did not like it. So tell me where it hurts you. <laughs> it didn't hurt, I mean, it didn't hurt me. I mean, it, it didn't insult my children or anything. But I mean, it's oh. like it's just it's, it's just I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know why you would do such a mental thing. It's incredible. And I get maybe the plot the plot reasons for it. How about don't? How about two villains? 
two villains working in league together. They that could work. Or I guess <laughs> but he's not a villain. He's, he's an actor. Villain. He's an actor. He's he's. Uh, he, there was one good line when he, I think someone said, um, "Was King, his King Lear was very good." Oh, that was uh, Killian says that. Yeah. That's it. it. I just I was so I was upset again. I was upset. I was just gobsmacked how ridiculous that was, <laughs> and I could understand at that point. Someone, now I get it. I get why fans get the hate. hate this movie. Hate it. <laughs> Because that's that's sacrilege. And I did this whole shtick for her already. So this is not planned, but this was already said. And um, yeah, just bad. I even looked over my wife and she had a look on her face like, what am I watching? Like, what is this? Everything. Everything from execution to re- rationale is baffling and ridiculous and bad. End rant. You <laughs> <laughs> talk about right. seeing, it, seeing it coming, but like the this straight up lie to the audience earlier in the earlier scene when Killian's on the phone, he talks about, they keep referring to the Mandarin as the master. Like if you're yes. behind closed doors, there's no way they're going to show Trevor is this actor's name <laughs> that much Trevor. respect to call him the master. They just be like, see, like that was for him. us. That yeah, exactly. For, it's for the audience. Yeah. It's to it's, make you think, cause they still haven't, they just did the reveal. Right. And for this whole time, you think the Mandarin is some badass, you know, right. like if you're a comic book fan or they're playing off that famous character. So I understand yeah. why they're doing it. It's, it, like, it's, it like, didn't... it's like the bombing uh, scene earlier. I'm nitpicking from someone that knows the twist. Like, it's you're not also upset. The... Oh yeah. Like, just like, this is where the, where did the movie hurt you here? It hurt me here. And yeah, here. Like, like, you know, same Tony way. leaving the hospital, man. I'm gonna give everyone my address. Be like, come, come fight me. Yeah, uh, come at me, bro. Like, uh, what? so what did you guys think of, of the part where after he ends up finding the manor, he gets knocked out or something, and they have him tied up to a bed? I laughed at this part when he's tied to the bed, and you have the guy. He's like, you, you should surrender now. You should surrender. I'll, I, I won't kill you if you surrender. I was actually laughing, and I'm yeah. like, what, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it, it was actually a decent bit because like the guards are kind of playing along. Like, yeah, I almost ran there. It was, it's scary. Yeah, yeah I like funny. that one. I like that bit. It was fun. That was a, that was a good that was a good piece of it. Yes. And then I like how all his armor comes to him little by little, and then you have like that. All that was cool. Like when he finally does escape, he gets some of his armor. He burst out, even though he can't fly. I don't think yet, or maybe he no. Can, he's I got like one one leg on. So yeah. he's oh, okay. That's like spinning. Yeah. He's still not. Oh, he has, oh, some of the suit is locked in the shed and can't get out of the shed in Tennessee. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. And, I. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. In my notes, I have Maya get shot too around this point when he's like, oh, he needs her. He's like, oh, I don't need her. He just shoots her for no reason just to get rid of her character. Yeah. She's like yeah. threatening to inject herself with some crap. She's like, oh, you need yeah. me. And then he just can't do this her. without me. And then he just shoots her. Yeah, that's the uh, the, the the juice that she and, injects to herself. I and, like that scene. I like when, when Iron Man's kind of fighting off the villains. And yeah, just kind of on one leg. And again, being resourceful with what he has. Again, we're so used to seeing him just laying waste, you know, in the full Iron Man suit. It's neat to see him again have to adapt with with less than what he's used to having. Never thought I'd see Iron Man wield a machine gun, but you know, hey, all right, listen, this is the first <laughs> well, time for everything. Iron Man three. Yeah, where things you expect don't come true. So and then like the whole way they get they get uh, War Machine to get out of his suit, Iron Patriot, where the guy is just heating up the adamant of the suit just to burn him out. I still was like, OK, this is a little, a little odd, but it, I, I wasn't it didn't bother me. It's, just, it's still stupid. Like they burn him out and he finally he jumps out there punching the guys and escapes. Yeah. Like Rhodey has the best lines like 
don't open suit don't open don't open okay here we go and then it opens anyway and he jumps out fighting and then Killian freaking breathes fire at him that was what? stupid yeah, he breathed, yes. I forgot about that. But that was stupid. And even yes, Rhodey's like, it. "Wait, you can you can breathe fire? Okay." See, and that, I like that because that's basically what the audience is saying. Exactly. So, yeah. so Brody is kind of basically vocalizing the audience. Wait, you can breathe fire now. Okay. Hand wave. <laughs> fine. Got to move on. Uh, this it be. was just <laughs> odd. And then you have like some other thing I want to mention, like you when when Tony and Rhodes do finally get together, they meet each other because they're both sneaking around the mansion trying to escape, and they go up to the Mandarin and like arrest the Mandarin because they find out that he's you know not real, <laughs> like that. I enjoyed that. And then when they end up on the speedboat, which is what leads to the next part of the movie when they're on the speedboat, and they end up and they end up saying how they're like, yeah, we got it, we got to tell people. And you have him, I think he calls the vice president, and the vice president's like, it's okay, Iron Patriot is with, uh, or you know, Rhodey is with the president everything's fine i'm secured and he doesn't listen to him and then you see his daughter's missing a leg and i'm like oh yeah oh my yeah, my wife okay that. my wife called that two seconds before that happened. she's as yeah. soon as the guy walks up she's like oh he's in on it yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh yeah for sure do you yeah. mind real quick if i back up just two seconds i don't want to go no, back go and forth. i don't want to jump around like this movie uh, so okay. um there was very one funny line with the tony tied up on the bed and the two guys and Tony asks him, how far is it from here to Tennessee? And the guy's like, 823 miles. And the guy's like, wow, that's pretty good. And he's like, that's the thing I do. That was cute. And it was very Joss Wheaton. Like that was for me, like almost like a Joss Wheaton uh, joke. That's a little out of context, but it still worked within it. Yeah, so that's fair. That was cute. Yeah, the whole thing was cute. But anyway, so yeah, we have the, the VP. He's in on it. Daughter's an amputee. That works into all that. Makes sense. And um, so now we're War Machine. I'm not going to call him Iron Patriot. I'm not gonna stop already. <laughs> Tony boards, didn't want to either. He, yeah, he boards Air Force One. So now they have a choice to either because remember, uh, we I think we missed, but uh, Pepper has been captured by Killian. We mentioned yeah. that, I think. Did we? Uh, uh, I think we yeah, skipped over it. That's for she's it's true. He throws out the uh, the TV balls and shows that she's infected with the extremis or whatever. We skipped that. Yeah, it's fine. Doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's evil villain doing evil villain end, stuff. But... Ha ha And um, yeah, so you got to save, save either Pep or the president. Um, the suit is at like 29%, so he can't do Iron Man stuff yet. Cool. He's got to do something uh, more clever. And then we get to the scene where Air Force One gets completely ripped up. This was cool. It reminded me of Call of Duty, and I'm like, well, they probably wouldn't fire a gun in a plane because they know better, but I enjoyed it. I don't care. It was dumb. I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the fact thing. that I like the fact that one of the senators or or congressmen got Lady Liberty shoved through the, through his yeah. chest. <laughs> that was statue and just like chucks it at him. It's like, like right in the I, chest. I did like how Killian is in the Iron Patriot armor and they don't know who it, that it isn't him because it was, you know, a reference to the comics. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Wait, that part. It wasn't Killian, was it? Yeah, it's Killian. He, he relieved he relieves the armor in the oh, first okay, part right, of the show right, that right. it's Val Kilmer. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, because yeah, because red face, because his bodyguard is there. Um, yeah. Nameless That's bodyguard is there. Away. Yeah, his henchman. But yeah, so he uh, grabs the president, and uh, Iron Man shows up. They have a little battle. Of course, Iron Man is losing, and then a hole is blown into Air Force One, which again is probably why you thought of it uh, as Call of Duty. And yeah. Iron Man blows a hole through him. But does that finish him off? I don't think. Apparently. Oh, that's it, right? Yeah, that killed him. That's the end of him. Yeah, apparently, the character's name is Seven. There's yeah. no way on this earth anyone refers to him as Seven. Yeah. And the woman is Brant. 
No way on this earth anyone refers to her as nope. Brant. No, it, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's never in this movie because I do not remember it ever being actually said. No, I don't think so. So then we get a glorious skydive scene. You it was know, in all the trailers. It. Was it? I, yeah, totally. This is the, the one scene I remember the most just because it was in the trailers. Okay. It was entertaining me this time. Like, I, you know, it was it was entertaining. Like, he's going, he's rescuing all the people, and he drops them in the water, and they all cheer, and then he gets hit by a truck. That was pretty funny, and then you realize it was a remote control Iron Man. Yeah, um, which I was like, I was a little broken because I like him in, in the suit, but I'm like, okay. This is we'll not- get to that. We'll get to all those, too. we're almost there the difference yeah we're almost there the difference between iron man in the suit and out of the suit there is a difference and i don't know why not smart enough to figure why but there is a difference i thought it was cool the skydiving was neat Uh, there was no stakes like he goes you can only save four with your power but there's 11 there as soon as he grabs the first woman's hand like okay we're gonna do a little skydiving and it's also a a really small scene right after this where you see because they, they mentioned earlier how they're trying to dig out the hall of armor and the construction is like doing stuff to get to something they don't say what it is but then you see the hall of armor open up and all the armor start come flying out like that's what he's been trying to do most of this movie after his place got blown up there's a small scene with that which shows you why when they go to the cargo ship you have all the armor showing up that he had it kind of like planned it was kind of foreshadowed yeah, he calls it the house party protocol, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And then you have the president in the Iron Patriot armor for no reason at all, like chained up. That was a little odd, but yeah, I think it's just meant to be some kind of symbolism there. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were gonna like light. Okay, so let me think about this. They were going to light him on fire because yep. he was an he did something with oil barons because there was an oil spill and he covered it up with the oil companies. So this was uh, Killian's excuse to get rid of the president. That way the vice president becomes president and then he evidently owns terrorism. <laughs> That's what he says. He's like, I own the war on terror. <laughs> like, oh God, you're not good. It's not a good villain. You're sir, sir. I'm sorry. You need better motivation than that. But you can breathe fire. But you can breathe. <laughs> you have a huge and ahead of you as a circus performer. Don't I worry. I did enjoy the big, like, when I saw it in 2013, I did not enjoy But I enjoyed the final fight in this movie where you have Rhodey and them trying to shoot people. And then all the armors show up and they're fighting. In my notes, I write armors show up and fight hot guys. Like, I enjoyed that. Like, it was actually entertaining where you just see different armors take out a guy or two and then get their head ripped off and get destroyed. And he's just running, trying to find Pepper and everything. Like, I was actually all on board with this part no easily the best scene in the movie like and i i was surprised because i remember really hating this part and i'm like no this is good like this is good action it's tony showing that he's more than just iron man even when he gets the armor on it doesn't last long like you have the the trap he walks into where pots is underneath concrete or something and he gets caught and when killing attacks him and and makes a really dumb comment by him being a turtle in a turtle suit that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. And I brought this up before, but in every MCU Phase 2 movie, all six of them, someone gets an arm cut off. And here, Killing gets his arm yep. cut off for no yep. reason at all, because oh. it grows back. Didn't know that. Every movie. Yeah, I you know, see. it's funny. This scene, there were some things I did like about it. I do like, <laughs> I liked, um, it's kind of actually fun. This movie is actually fun when Rhodes and um, Tony are together. It actually works this time. As opposed to the other two movies when it doesn't really work all the time. I like the fact that that uh, that Rhodes is trying to like coach Tony into being like a soldier. There's one moment where he goes, watch my six. And Tony's like, what? Where's your six? Because he has no idea. He's not a soldier. He's an Iron Man. Uh, so it was very cool to see a capable 
Rhodes kind of taking dudes out. I never thought I'd see like lethal weapon in an Iron Man movie. It's lots <laughs> of gunplay, like our heroes Sorry. wielding wielding you know nine millimeters and sh- shooting people. It's just kind of strange. You can thank Gain's my mom phone. There you go. Thank you. And then when all the Iron Man show up, all the suits, my initial reaction was, oh, come on. Really? Same. Literally, I was like, oh, for Christ's sake, this is stupid. But then they start kind of battling. I was OK with it. It was fine. There was it was like you said, very cool to see the different Iron people doing Iron Man things. Uh, they're facing off against, um, you know, again, the augs. So I'll just call them that they're facing against the augmented. So, um, you know, they have the power. They, they can take on these guys again, slashing them with their razor hands and all the rest of it. And that was cool. It was a very visceral fight. Very fast. Like there was so much happening at once. The pace was almost too much for me. It's one of those pacing where you just don't can't see what's happening. You just see metal and and person. And my problem with that is it's not as exciting as an Iron Man fight because there's no stakes. There's none. Yeah, because they're just if, armor. They're just armor. They're empty. They're empty shells. So it's really just a rock'em sock'em robots where you have, <laughs> you know, you have these iron people punching these um, augments and there's no stakes. Again, you're just they're just chaff for Tony to go up and and try to save uh, Pepper, which um, you know it was fine. I I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I just kind of hand over a bit and said, oh, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see the different iron suits do do cool iron things. It was fun. Yeah. The role of cool. The role of cool. Your job, iron people. And I cool. did like the part when Pepper falls, like even though I knew she was coming back, but it is if you didn't know, like he could have seen them killing her at the end of this trilogy because it was the end of the Iron Man movie where she falls down what you think would be her death, but she absolutely injected yeah. so she lived. But that I was that was cool. Like I was really all that was cool. The Killian fight was even cool where he's ripping apart the armor as he's trying to fight him because he's just burning the crap out of it and the armor is completely useless to him. Like, that was cool, too. Yeah. And the, his, his final, his, uh, Tony's final gag to uh, finally defeat Killian, who comes back over and over and over again. To one point, he goes, I'm the Mandarin. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're Killian. Because <laughs> within two seconds, you're going to be dead, I'm sure. So, yeah, the final little trick that Tony uses to actually draw the suit onto Killian itself and then I forget how he blows him up. But he bows uh, him up. Yeah he the the Mark 42 comes flying in. There you go. And then the armor just like kind of crashes next to Tony. It's just stupid slapstick which right. I'll be more than happy to complain about when we get to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah and then <laughs> oh. just, oh man I got I got plenty to say about that movie. And then he just throws the armor on Killian and then instructs Jarvis to to blow it up. That's it, right? He, and it doesn't it. even kill him. Yeah, it does. No, Potts kills him shortly after the oh, fight. Yeah, he doesn't even kill him. Back. Yeah, he walks out of the fire like Sephiroth. And... Yeah, and she's <laughs> the one that kills him somehow. I forget what she does, but she's the one that murders him. She actually has a pretty cool cool scene there where she yeah. hits him with the pipe and then uh, jumps off Tony, punches one of the armors, throws it at or She takes the gauntlet off and wears it. Shoots Killian, flicks like a missile at him, and then shoots it, and it blows up. It's a very cool scene. It's really great. It's again, it's I, I'm all about Pepper. Whenever she's on screen, she's she's awesome. And to see her really truly empowered in the way that Tony is, um, just elevates her a bit to to really this cool badass status. Though she's great. It's it's a really good end to it, even though it's contrived and silly because he literally dies four or five times. Not four or five, <laughs> but it feels like he dies four or five times. Yes, like, you're not wrong. 
it's like a it's like a boss level where he's at different stages where you're like, oh, oh come gosh. on, really? The fourth boss for five boss stages? Oh, come on, Bloodborne, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so um it's basically, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat scene. They and Pepper and Tony have a, a cool, a cool moment. Um again, I like them together. It's very sweet. Uh, and uh yeah, so we basically everything resolved itself. They embrace to the sound of exploding Iron Man suits. How many were there? There, there it almost seemed like there was uh, none left. But then uh, no, he blows them all up. He blows the them all up. Yeah, he he, he does the order to blow them all up. And uh, so they yeah, and they embrace to the to the sound of exploding Iron Man suits in adorable colors. And Merry Christmas because it's Christmas yeah, Eve. Yep, yep. And uh, then that's it. We get to our we get to our wrap up. And you have like everything kind of get the vice president gets arrested. You have Potts gets cured. You have a cool scene where the shrapnel gets taken out of Tony's chest. Hogan wakes up and sees downtown Ab. He's like, don't change the channel or something. <laughs> yeah, because that's your first thought when you wake up stuff. out of a coma. I guess. I mean, that was kind of weird. I, I mean, love it, that. It was cute. I didn't I mind that. it, but yeah. he throws away the old core. Like, all that was cool. And the collage that we had mentioned way earlier in this movie, this episode, where you see all scenes from Iron Man 1 and 2 and 3 and, like, this ending collage, which really did feel like the end of a trilogy, which was nice. And then you have... I'm going a little fast because I have to run. Um, you have a end scene with Tony talking to Banner after the after credit scene that you where he's talking to Banner about what happened, which is this is funny. Like I, 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 it doesn't expand any more into the cinematic universe. It's just a small scene of him sitting on a couch telling Banner about what happened in Iron Man three and Banner sleep. He's like, Oh, I, I fell asleep when you, and he talks about the very, very beginning. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool way to, to justify all the narration. It's supposed to be Tony telling it to, to Bruce the whole time. Like, it's cool. I, yeah, it's I didn't, I didn't even catch that. I, I kind of saw that as like a throwaway. It's like, oh, that's clever. I didn't even catch that. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Because yeah, they open, <laughs> open the narration, close the narration, and then it goes into that after the credits. Yeah, it's clever. Okay. I'll give you one movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you, uh, a couple things I do. And then that kind of wraps up the movie. Um, there is a shark that's on this movie, which we're not going to talk about today because well, we didn't watch it. Plus, it fits more <laughs> America. There's a Peggy Carter thing. The one I do want to mention, which is on Thor Dark World Blu-ray is Hail to the King. We'll do it really quick because I don't have a lot of time. Um, but also, there's not much to say. It pretty much just shows you there's a guy that comes in that's been interviewing Trevor Slattery, and you find out that this guy interviewing him, he goes to kidnap him so he can be brought to the real Mandarin because the real Mandarin's upset that he used his name. And it doesn't ever get mentioned, and we completely finished the Infinity War saga, and we have no Iron Man 4 plans, so who knows if we'll ever actually get anything it really was just to say hey yep. fans we're sorry exactly yeah he, he exists and it, it's stupid because it's been seven years and it has never been mentioned again so it's just yeah bullshit now in my opinion a- apology apology shorts like that or apology retcons are just they never work because you should have just thought of that initially like <laughs> no one should have greenlit that like no one you know how many people looked at this script and said cool go for it Great. <laughs> we should go to shelfer box sorry and- man now you have to go Oh, you're good. It's, it's something happened, but um, you're fine. Um, actually, we'll start with a nice, wonderful, positive effect. Mike, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, this is the best movie ever because it made me realize <laughs> that Omniboat is exists in this world. There, there's have, a okay. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I have to watch it at some point and then make you guys watch it, and then we'll do an episode. But no, it's going in the box. This movie was was bad. Like, it jumps all over. The writing's not great. The plot's not great. Characters aren't great. Make Tony an asshole. It's just, uh, I don't, it really didn't have any redeeming quality to it, in my opinion. Other than the action, it was kind of cool. Anyway, okay. in the box. That's what I expect. How about you, Bill? 
Oh, this is a box. This is an easy box. It's, it's, it's again, like I said, the open, it's, it's a competently made movie. It's made by somebody who knows what they're doing, but just didn't understand what made Tony Stark and Iron Man interesting and fun and uh, endearing. Right. I think he's my favorite Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man. He's my favorite Avenger, probably. But yeah. It's just, it's too many baffling decisions. You it's a death by it. Oh no! Yeah, we're yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Hawkeye's just in, Hawkeye's in rarefied territory. I yeah, it's it's definitely a box, like I said, and it's it makes it's a death by a thousand paper cuts, and then finished. Well, actually, no, it's put into a coma by a thousand paper cuts, and then cemented into the ground by two major ones, like two blows to the brain, which is of course for me is that Gary character. Um, actually, three Gary character. Um, asshole Tony Stark, and of course the Mandarin reveal. So this has to go in the box. It's a failure. And um, I'm glad I saw it for completion purposes. I'll never see it again. And Omniboat was played at Sundance <laughs> and was released this year. Awesome. So, and there's a trailer. So I say go see it. All right. I'll go last because I want to end with a positive note. I expected to hate this fucking movie. I came in thinking it was going to be absolute trash and I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Avengers in 2012. Which I can't believe I'm saying that again. So I don't understand. I just don't get it. But I really had fun. Like it was I came in with no expectations. I enjoyed myself. It's going on the shelf. Will I ever watch it again? No, I will take this memory, keep it on that high shelf and never change it because that's what I should have done with other things that we've done on the show. So Never again will I see it. Will I recommend? No, because I know it was just I happened to be in the right place with the right state of mind and the right life experiences to enjoy this movie. And if you don't have those, you might you're probably going to be how I felt in 2013 where this movie's trash. And I, I respect that. I, I know it's not not fake. So, no, never recommend this, but it's going on my shelf. I'm glad we finally watched it. And, you know, we got another movie down or next next week or next time you, you listen to us. We'll be talking about Thor Dark World. Yeah, hopefully it's better than this. I think it is. I'm it's, just my recollection. It's a good movie. Yeah. My recollection I, it tells has me issues, it's, it's but better. Yeah. Everything is better than in, in my in 20, 20, 2018, Mike would have told you every every movie's better than Iron Man three. Twenty twenty, Mike is telling you something completely different. I don't can't know wait why. to hear your rankings. Can't wait for, to hear your rankings. <laughs> You're not gonna people aren't gonna like them. Uh, so that about wraps up this episode. Please listen to all our other episodes. We do games every week. We do comics. We have all the other MC movies to listen to. So definitely check those out. And also give an awesome shout out to our awesome intro and outro courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, Mike Stoney. So check him out. And that's all I follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, where I'm constantly usually posting new updates about what's going on with the show, like screenshots of upcoming games. And that's all I got to say. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you two guys for joining me for more for something that I know I put Mike through trauma just now. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a pleasure. Well, don't worry about it, Mike. You'll, you'll, don't worry about it, Michael. Just snap out of it, like Tony. Just oh, oh yeah, great. Just gonna, oh yeah, I don't want to yeah, be can, like that you know, anymore. I'm okay. I'll put my hand on your shoulder and say, "You can watch something else." Great. Oh, awesome. I'm not traumatized anymore. <laughs> Yay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you.